Welcome to the Low Rates High Returns podcast, where we'll uncover the timeless investment principles so you can escape the rat race, earn passive income, and create lasting wealth. I'm Pete Wargent, investor and financial coach, and I'm joined by Stephen Moriarty, private investor and the co author of our new book, Low Rates High Returns. In each episode of this podcast, we talk about the crucial concepts around managing your own money, how to invest, when to invest, and the key lessons we've learned along the way about generating passive income. The things we discuss in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice, and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Low Rates High Returns podcast. I forgot the name of our podcast there, Steve. <laughs> Welcome to the Low Rates High Returns Making podcast. Making a good impression, are we? With me, Pete Wardgen. I'm here with Stephen Moriarty. Hi, Stephen. G'day, Pete. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. So today we're going to talk about models for company investments. So uh, just a... A bit, stock picker. Bit, yeah, so we're, to some extent, a little bit contradicting ourselves because... In previous episodes, and in fact, in the very last episode, we talked about a very simple model for investing in uh, industries and sectors yep. uh, by looking at the most out of favour sectors and then just picking up an ETF that owns effectively a huge chunk of that sector, very low risk approach and a lot of peace of mind because you're not having to be a stock picker. So uh, just a, a bit of an aside. So I've, I've got an investment uh, myself in a tech startup at uh, the moment, and uh, when we um, when we were actually presenting uh, the the pitch deck or the information memorandum, we were thinking about um, th- threats from sort of competition, and I just thought, right, uh, I racked my brains, go back to uh, accountancy school and the models, and so we went back and essentially did an old fashioned SWOT, SWOT analysis. Right. Yeah, so who are the uh, you know who are the potential competitors? Well, these guys. Yeah, they could be competition, but they're probably slow. Yep. Uh, these guys could be competition, but they're probably not that interested. These guys could be competition, but fixed cost. And essentially just looking at uh, the potential barriers to entry to stop other people doing what we had done. And a lot of those models that we learned in business school back in the day, they were pretty simple. And uh, to get through the exams, you simply you know, just remember the list. <laughs> but, the acronym. But, I mean, even today, there's a lot of um, worthwhile sort of analysis that can come out of that simple framework and looking, looking at, you know, barriers to entry, threats, yep. you know, suppliers, customers, dot, dot, dot. Yep. The, bit, the groundbreaking one, uh, if I remember correctly, was uh, Porter's uh, Five, Five Forces. Forces. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Greenwald has a book out called Competition Demystified, which I think is better than Porter's Five Forces, mainly because it's simpler, which is really attractive in my mind. And it was simply based around what supply advantages were, not necessarily demand stuff, which we we touched on previously with Edward Chancellor. Again, we, we sort of say to people, if you want to pick stocks, you can, and but you want to look at it simply from your portfolio perspective or a, a whole portfolio perspective. And what I mean by that is I'm not against picking stocks and I hold stocks, but I don't worry too much if I pick a dud because I'd be a fool if I thought every stock I picked was going to be a winner. Um, and you you sort of, you know, adjust your asset allocation accordingly. You know, what I sort of wanted to talk about today was there's quite a few simple models that you can use that we talked about in terms of buying the whole market 
and we talked about in our last session about buying industries and in this one about using simple models to buy whole companies. Yeah, a so, single company, sorry, let me put it to you that way, yeah. Yeah, so if you're going to invest in an individual company, obviously there's a greater risk, uh, the A, pick a dud, or B, yep. you know, the, you pick something that's potentially going to zero or just going to meander lower. Uh, so if you're going to go down that route, generally speaking, there's less risk. If you can use one of these models to look at things like competitive rivalry, yep. you know, the threat of substitution by another company, yep. or you know, new entrants coming into the market and taking away market share. So this is what uh, Buffett talks about in terms of a moat or a durable competitive advantage. Yep. And um, I think we did, um, uh, this is about a dozen podcast episodes ago, but we did talk about, you know, some of those uh, big businesses that do have uh, a competitive advantage that makes it very difficult for competitors to come in and take market share from them. Yeah, yeah, it does. Buffett's got a peculiarly good talent at, you know, picking those types of companies and they're ones we talk about as being, you know, sort of usually large, systemic, you know, moderate levels of debt and you can you can buy them at the, the bottom of the market. There's quite a few models, you know, this gets back to what we touched on in the, the first podcast in this series about Ben Graham, you know, who went from basically writing, you know, the tomb of 880 pages in uh, security analysis and boil it down to at the end about a two-page briefing note of, you know, buy cheap companies. Um, what Graham was doing was saying, you got to look at your portfolio from a whole perspective, not from an individual company perspective. And I think that's really an important part about when it comes to modelling or understanding what sort of investor you're going to be. It's, you know, pick the one that suits you, then try and find the simplest form whether it's technical analysis, whether it's trend following, whether it's a you know fundamental investor, Buffett, growth, value, whatever, just try and get it down to as as simple, you know, the old Einstein thing, you know, make it as simple as possible, but no simpler. Mm. Yeah. So we, we talked in uh, last week, we talked about uh, for industries and sectors, simply looking at, well, the bottom three ETFs, yeah, you know, yeah. which are the most out of favour sectors or industries. And, you know, that's a really simple and effective model. If you're going to look at individual companies within out of favour sectors, um, that, that's a model that can work as well. Yep. So looking at companies, um, so monopolies and oligopolies, yep. um, that can be a powerful approach if you know where to look. Yeah. Um, now, Obviously, some industries are more inclined this way than others. Um, I think we've previously mentioned in Australia, one of the reasons that the Aussie stock market has been one of the best performers over, say, 120 years has been the prevalence of monopolies or oligopolies, yeah. particularly things like the banks, as you mentioned, have yeah. kind of sewn up a huge chunk of the market for a very long time. Yep. There's quite a few books out that you can look at to give you an idea, like last session we talked about um, The Myth of Capitalism uh, by Jonathan Tepper. 
Um, great read, but it's a really good read too because you, what you do is you go and look at all those companies and go, shivers, next time they crash, I'm going to invest in them. Yeah, well, it know, probably why? wasn't. Because they've got a bloody monopoly. That probably yeah. wasn't JT's point. I think it was. No, no, no. He was more of a, he was looking at it from a, a cr- critical point yeah, of view, yeah, yeah. but actually as an investor. I'm, I'm out there making money. <laughs> the, but the other one and the other one we mentioned in previously was Dave Draymond, you know, and Draymond said, look, buy the best company in the worst sector. Uh, Jim Rogers, you know, Jim Rogers said the same thing. Jim Rogers basically said, go and find a sector that's really depressed and then look at it and say, okay, you know, which companies will survive and buy those. You know, Ben, like really simple stuff. Ben Graham, okay, uh, here's two or three variables, you know, low PE, moderate debt um, and a dividend yield that's, you know, four-thirds of the AAA bond, okay, Three criteria. Uh, more recently, one I think is fantastic is a is a fellow Aussie, Tobias Carlyle, who's now in the states. He came up with uh, the the acquirers multiple. What Tobias Carlyle did was investigated that and then took it down a notch or took it up a notch by saying, "Look, you can make it even simpler," and that's the sort of thing you want to be looking at complexity doesn't necessarily add. And in actual fact, you know, complexity takes away from your performance in the stock market. So it's not necessarily how much you know, it's what you know and what you know that works rather than saying, I can do a discounted cash flow. So what? That doesn't mean you know the value of the company and it doesn't mean you know whether it's going to be a successful investment. Yeah, look, one of the things I've seen happen in more than one cycle is that when the market's going up, there are heroes everywhere, yeah. you know, picking, you know, I've got this company, that company, you know, this one's up 40%, this one's up 20 and this one, you know, and every, everybody's looking at demand growth and also just simply price growth. Yeah. But then when, when the, when the overall market falls, it brings down everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you find that actually a lot of that demand growth based investing uh, didn't deliver any returns at all because they, they give it all back on the downturn. In terms of um, industries, are, are there certain industries with high fixed costs that can actually deter new entrants and therefore uh, give the incumbents a, a competitive advantage, advantage that makes it hard yeah. for, that, for that to be taken away? Yeah, there's some, perversely, what you want is a lack of dynamism. It's part of the reason why Uncle Warren doesn't invest a lot in information technology because Buffett, again, has a simple filter that says, I've got to know where that company's going to be in 10 years. Well, I sure as hell don't know where Uber's going to be or Tesla, whereas I've got a fairly good grip on where a a consumer staples company is going to be. Yeah, sort of the Gillettes or Kraft Heinz. Or yeah, the, yeah. Um, They're much more predictable. Stable sectors. Yeah, and that's what Buffett is sort of, you know, again, I want to make this point about it's a really simple process of saying, do I know where it's going to be in 10 years? No. Okay, that's it. Not interested, right? And w- the reason why I think Buffett bought Apple or partly is because I think Apple is now an infrastructure stock. So it's not an IT stock anymore. Mm. It's actually like saying I've invested in a toll road, Mm. you know, or a road or, you know, some infrastructure. The reason why is because it's going to be there for 30 or 40 years and that's Buffett's timeframe. It's not what's going to happen over the next 10 minutes. 
And so I think... Um, yeah, well, looking around the room, you've got an iPhone, yeah, yeah. I've got an iPhone, we've got yeah. an iPad on here. <laughs> there's there's Apple products everywhere. So yeah. from that perspective, much more of a, yeah, like you say, more like a toll booth type company than it is a technology company in, yeah. in, in the sense that um, you know, producing consistently high earnings and you know, stable income and I mean, just the sheer size of uh, Berkshire's investment is just throwing out you know, enormous returns. The the stuff about Buffett's filters, admittedly, he's built up, you know, 70 odd years of experience. And there's no doubt that that plays an important role. But what Buffett always gets back to is if you've got the right temperament, you don't need a high IQ. And that's really true. And what we're sort of saying to people is, look, we can teach you about the stock market, there's the plug, but what we're saying is it's actually quite simple. It's not complex. What you've got to do is be able to target the right sort of information or the right things to look at, as we sort of talked about and we talked about in sport previously. You get those basics right and you'll do fine. And what Buffett is saying is, one of the basics one of the basics is knowing about your temperament right so in other words listen you don't have to be a genius to be a great investor and there's plenty of investors if you have a look at them a lot of a lot of the really smart investors are old when they didn't have mbas or you know they didn't need to be a cpa or you know a, um, a masters of finance and that sort of stuff they learnt it by basically reading a lot sitting at the feet of the previous people who were, you know, giants in the industry, but just distilling, you know, completely sort of turning it into a sort of a work of art. And what I mean by that is I'm always reminded by they said to, I think it was Michelangelo with the the Statue of David, they said, you know, how did you carve that? And he said, I just took away everything that wasn't David, you know, which is a bit sort of, you know, it's quite insightful because – what he's saying is you you just got to chip away at the complexity of things to get it really simple. Uh, Charlie Parker, this great saxophonist, you know, they said to him, how do you play sublime solos? You know, and he said, learn everything you can and forget about it. And again, what it's saying is, you know, lots of older people will be sort of in some ways quite brush, you know, like Charlie Munger, right? He can be sort of like, no, no, no. End of story. What he's sort of saying is he spent 70 years or 80 years thinking about it. And look, it's pretty simple. And that's what we're trying to say, whether you invest in the whole market, whether you invest in an industry or whether it comes to a company, simplicity will always be complexity. But a lot of the time you've got to have some experience to get through that. But if you can get it up front where people, you know, like mentoring, where old people say, listen, I'll take you under my wing and you've got to do what I say and you'll be all right. Usually you find that works because it's on, you know, it's tried and tested. That stuff is not what you hear a lot today. You know, I saw something the other day, you know, Beyond Meat is going to take over the meat's going to be dead in 15 years. Well, it's pretty bloody unlikely (laughs) since it's been around for thousands of years. And as an investor, you want to say, well, that's not my forte anyway, so who cares about that? Mm. And again, it's just refining the process. You know, Bjorn Borg, Jeffrey Boycott, 
all of the, the golfers, you know, it all files on, you know, getting away to the simple, smooth stroke, you know, elimination of error, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, I, as a vegan, I'd be thrilled if uh, if Beyond Meat did take over <laughs> from uh, bacon and eggs, but I, I can't see it happening in the Heresy. next 10 or 15 years. Interesting you say about the Statue of David. I, I went to see Michelangelo's uh, famous statue when I was about, I don't know, 15 or 16 or something, and I uh, shuffled through the queues <laughs> with everybody that else. Is- yeah, off to the pub. <laughs> like, Can course, we go now? Yeah, so now I'm in my 40s. I would love to go and see it, but uh, yeah. uh, the nearest I've got is that the uh, replica down on the Gold Coast in recent years. So, <laughs> not quite the same. Oh, Jesus, that's yeah. a poor substitute. Which, uh, yeah, my kids enjoyed uh, going down to the surface, but it's not quite the same as the original. Uh, but, yeah, as well... You know, as you said, um, you can't uh, you can't buy experience. It's something that you only learn in time. Yeah, yeah. So just um, before we wrap up on this, um, so we've talked about some of the potential sectors and industries. If you're going to invest in individual companies, so things like resources, consumer staples, utilities, yep. telcos, tobacco, oil, yep. energy. Are there, are there certain... Um, because obviously within each of those industries and sectors, you can think of companies, you think, well, they have a real durable competitive advantage. Is there uh, are there industry-specific models that you take into account or yep. is it more on a case-by-case basis? Usually it depends what industry you're in because each, as O'Shaughnessy said in What Works on Wall Street, there's, there's different factors, um, you know, for each industry. Um, I think if I remember correctly, Buffett said, you know, book value was a good one for uh, banks. You know, buy under book value, buy when it's less than one. Um, so you wouldn't have been investing in Australian banks for the last 15 years? Then. No, no. <laughs> because but, the price of the book levels in Australia have been, comparatively speaking, yeah. very high. But but you've got to remember too, as Buffett said, if that's got a, if that, that may be the signal of a durable competitive advantage, mm, right, true. because they got continuously high profits. Um, but there's quite a few there's quite a few models around. You know, low PE has been done by Ben Graham. Um, there's the enterprise value to earnings before interest and tax of uh, Tobias Carlyle that I mentioned before. You know, that's a, a really really simple thing to have a look at. He's he's got a website that you can go to. The acquirer's multiple, um, and you know, part of it's free, which is really good. Um, you've got other ones. There's one called the 52-week low formula um, by a guy called Wiley, I think it is. And again, you know, four, I think it's got four filters, you know. So there's, when you want to look for these things, whether you're a fundamental investor, whether you're quant, whether you're technical analysis or a trend follower, and you don't, or you don't know, what you want to do is buy a sample, but always just keep in your mind simplicity, you know, and and I think it was, it might have been Charlie Munger said, you know, the more, the more the language gets complex, the more you should be saying, uh, uh-uh, uh, nah, you know, this is not, this is not right. You should be able to write out the investment thesis in a paragraph, you know, about why you're investing in a company. I think it was um, not Roger Lowenstein, but the other uh, guy that talked about the Warren Buffett way, uh, Hagstrom. Hagstrom. Hagstrom, yeah. yeah. So you know that they're the things you want to think about. You always want to be just pairing it back, you know. And part of that, or the the main part, is saying, is that information useful? Is it correlated to anything? And is it relevant? 
Yeah, so as we've said uh, before, you can invest in ETFs these days. You don't need to be a company or stock picker. Yep. Uh, but if you're going to be, well, you know, simple things. Is yeah, this company yeah. going to be around in 30, 40, 50 years? What kind of dividend is it going to pay over yep. that time? Because remember, as we've said before, uh, from the history of stock market returns, the, the income or dividend can account for a surprisingly large chunk Absolutely. of the returns that you get. Uh, consistent, stable uh, industries can be a good place to look. Yep. Obviously, value. Manageable and debt ratios. Yeah, and we've, and we've mentioned a number of those um, potential models that you can use there, but obviously some kind of value filter is got to be a useful starting point. Yes. And just remembering uh, risk and the, the Lindy principle, you know, if companies have been around for 100 years, well, it's a fair bet that it's going to be point. with us for a while. Absolutely. While to, for a long while to come. Yes, uh, so I think, well, we're pretty much uh, at the end of um, today's session. Steve, anything Ding. else you wanted to add? Um, no. You know, we're just talking about, you know, systematic type structural advantages yeah. for companies that can help you towards investment success if you're going to be an investor in individual companies. Yeah, we, we started out a few ser- a few episodes ago calling this, you know, the KISS, the KISS series. And it really is. You just, you just want to... You know, we talked about just keeping it simple. That means, you know, again, think about dynamic. It Just because you've got a simple process doesn't mean you can't try to make it simpler. In, you know, always think about it. Is it going to work? Look at new ideas. Is it simple? Everything like that will always help you as an investor as opposed to dragging yourself through that complexity. And I think it was... Uh, Buffett, who said, you know, you spend 95% of your time, Steve Jobs said it as well, you spend 95% of your time saying no, right, and 5% saying yes. And that's what you want to do. Just keep it simple. And if it works, just stick with that through and through. Yeah, and uh, certainly uh, my personal experience is uh, sometimes you go so far down the rabbit hole of investigating individual companies. And if you take an objective view and take a step back, how much extra... You know, did, did all of that extra work? What what value did it really add? Well, the answer is not very much in yeah. most cases. A simple, you know, a simple model for investing and a simple systematic approach can be much more powerful. Uh, simply because um, just with a few filters, you're, you're filtering out most of the the important stuff and all yep. of the noise. Absolutely. So that's it for today. Thanks for joining. Don't forget to leave us a friendly review below. It helps to. Uh, Get the word out. And um, if you've got any negative comments, please address them to Stephen and myself. <laughs> or Sir Jeffrey Boycott. <laughs> so thanks for joining. We look forward to uh, seeing you next week. See Cheers. you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to know more, you can download a free chapter and extra bonuses from our new book, Low Rates, High Returns. Just visit www lowrateshighreturns.com forward slash book to download your free copy. The things we've discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice and we recommend you reach out to a licensed professional advisor who can help you with your unique circumstances. Stephen and I are both on LinkedIn and Twitter so do reach out and connect with us. And finally, it'd be great if you could subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps others to find the show. Now take care and invest wisely. Cheers.